0: I go to the orthodontist office, they show me like I'm 15 years old, nine months, and th- this amount of days. Hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. To lower expectations, honestly, for how exciting every day should feel.
1: Hey guys and welcome or welcome back to another episode of Hykie Adulting. I skipped last week, don't yell at me. Um it's okay, I'm back because I have the best guest ever, so it was worth the wait. I have Miss Annie Long today. She is a 15-year-old YouTuber. She started her entire career at like the age of 8. She's insane. She's an entrepreneur. She does a million things and she'll go into all of that stuff on the podcast today. We talk about age stigmas as well as um the pressures of growing up online really young um and also men we talk a lot about men which was really fun and unexpected as well as instant gratification and how that can literally lead to detrimental results if not fixed and if not worked on but yes she's super intelligent I feel like I always learn so much from her every time I speak to her and she's an angel so I'm not gonna ramble anymore because this is a really long episode so go ahead and enjoy and here's Annie Long Okay, guys, after a week break, I am back with another episode. <laughs> Today, I have Miss Annie Long. This woman is Hi, phenomenal. guys. She's <laughs> sensational. I'm so excited to have you. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the podcast.
0: Hi guys, I'm Annie. I'm a 15-year-old YouTuber and entrepreneur and I've started introducing myself as a self-help nerd because <laughs> that's literally what I'm obsessed about and all my videos tend to just tie back into how I'm working on my self-development, that journey that really started like two years ago at the beginning of quarantine and I've Like, I sent out a form to my subscribers about feedback for content for this new year. And somebody was like, it seems like all you like to do is, like, self-develop. Like, what do you do outside of that? And I was like, I read books about (laughs) self-development. So that's a little bit about me. When did you start YouTube? How old were you? You were young. Yeah, I started YouTube when I was eight years old. So I've been doing it for about seven years. Which is crazy because it's almost like half of my life of me doing it. Right. Whenever, like, when I was super young, I was always super immersed into pop culture. Like, I started my Instagram account when I was in first grade. Oh, my goodness. My sister helped me set up my Gmail account when I was in (laughs) kindergarten. And I think being the youngest sibling definitely piqued my curiosity in what my siblings were doing. But I feel like there's probably something deeper than that that caused me to be so into social media at a young age. And I haven't really been able to put my finger on it, but I've been filming videos ever since I was eight years old. I've never taken a break longer, longer than like two months. It's just been part of my life rhythm. Mm hmm. And I, I honestly thank myself for the investment I made when I we was. We thank eight you years old. too.
1: We thank you too <laughs> a lot. No, literally, I found you so long ago. Like, I think you were maybe like, yeah, like twelve, and I was like, "What is this twelve-year-old spitting facts on you? What is she doing?" Like, oh my gosh, it was so inspiring to watch, and I was like, "There's no way." And like, thank you. I think there's something. You're so welcome, and like, I think there's something so special about like being this young and being so self-aware already. And I, I mean, I can only imagine what self pressures come with that as well, because like. I know being when I was young too, or like when I was, hello, what age am I? I'm about to turn 20. I started YouTube like six years ago. So I almost started when I was like 14, 15, like the age that you're now and like you've already been doing it for so long. So I can only imagine just like growing up in the social media space and feeling the need to like basically compete with everyone else and like a completely different age group, completely different, like mental mindset group too. But like I think YouTube is one of those spaces where like, you just learn so much and I think that's how that's how the self-awareness at least started for me because like mm. that's where it took like oh wow self-help and making yourself better and doing this and learning about money and all these things and I started doing it so young so I feel like that really paved a way for learning things that wasn't in your inner school circle or in in your inner like family circle like you learn things from all across the world you know so yeah how did you just start like doing all of this stuff when were you like let's pick up a camera let's let's do it
0: yeah so i loved alicia marie growing oh up.
1: same oh and mia
0: stammer mm-hmm. lord diy mm-hmm. And I just started with my iPod on YouTube Studio. I started filming like gymnastics videos because I was also into skits. And so was I. YouTube error at the Seven time. Seven Supergirls. Like, yeah, <laughs> expectations versus reality. I filmed a lot of those. And like I I think I got into editing when I was like 10, like actually exporting something to a computer, doing things that were a little bit more advanced. But my video ideation process was very much just like I would consume a lot and then get inspiration from what I consumed. And I definitely could not compete with the content that I was consuming because yeah. here I'm like consuming this highly produced content that's super <laughs> saturated from mm-hmm. 2016. And I'm filming on my iPod touch. So, it was definitely just, like, a fun thing at that time. I don't really remember setting numerical goals. Even when I was a small YouTuber, like, I think once things started taking off, that was more when I took an analytical view of that.
1: hmm Yeah. I feel like that age of YouTube was definitely even a point where it was still kind of known where you could, like, start making money from social media, but then it was just, like, it just blew up out of nowhere. Like, I don't even know where that started, but I remember, like, in 2012, I received, like, my nexus 7 like android or something <laughs> and I, I like i made a gmail account and, like and then i started watching youtube like i immediately was like whoa what is this world like and then yeah alicia marie all the all the ogs you know and i think it just sparked yeah it just sparked this curiosity of like oh my gosh maybe i could pick up a camera and do it too and like even like shows like i currently were out and then i was like oh like, you right. can literally like pick up a camera and start recording and see where that goes you know um yeah, I just, I think it's crazy to see how it's evolved. It's crazy to see how you've evolved as well. Like, do you feel, I mean, I already know the answer to this. I was like, do you feel like YouTube has impacted the way you (laughs) grew up? Like, of course it did. Like, you know, but yeah, how, how how do you feel like it's impacted you and like your self maturity? Definitely
0: a lot to unpack here. Mm -hmm. Um, What you were saying earlier about being exposed to a wider pool of people outside of your school group right. is for sure a big impact of being on YouTube. I agree. And I think when you're a creator, you're even more aware of it as than a consumer would be right. because you do see creators as a little bit of competition, like a little bit like, oh, I'm inspired by what they're doing. But I think it made me realize that success looks so differently, like in different areas of the world, specifically different areas of the US, because that's mainly what I've observed over social media. Um, and recently I've been looking more into like what life is like in the UK, but when I was younger, definitely seeing what it's like in the West coast, um, people that live in Texas, because where I live in Massachusetts is very academically driven, at least Mm -hmm. the the town I live in. And there's just a very clear model of what success looks like doing well in high school, going to a good college and getting a prestigious job is that model of kind of what, what everyone's aiming for.
1: Mm -hmm. So it
0: showed me that kids that go to quote unquote ghetto schools in the middle of California, like in this Southern California, like they're making thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. online, and maybe they don't have the same work ethic as me when it comes to schoolwork, but they're consistent on their YouTube channel. Like I would see people. Like maybe they're super unmotivated with school, but I'm like, this girl's posting more than I am. And that just gave me really a lot of clarity that success does not look like this this specific thing uh, if you're viewing it as money. You know, like mm-hmm. there's so many ways to make a specific amount of money. So that definitely impacted me there and making so many different friends from different areas of the world. And also something recently that has been impacting me a lot is a lot of the YouTube friends i made actually have followed a traditional path where they went to a Mm -hmm. prestigious college and just hearing them talk about their regrets makes me think like i don't think like maybe that dream of going to harvard Mm -hmm. going to yale isn't what it's cut out to be Mm -hmm. because they clearly once their channel blew up they wanted to do that more than they wanted to do their Mm -hmm. college work yeah that's definitely been like a revelatory moment I think just like growing up online as well Mm -hmm. then you're constantly trying to think about how to monetize and market yourself Mm -hmm. like I rarely cry for instance (laughs) but whenever I do cry I always pull out the camera Mm -hmm. because I'm like this could be content in the future (laughs) Um, so, like, every single life failure, like, mm-hmm. I think I've automatically started to look at it in a way of, like, oh, what have I learned from this, and, like, how is this content?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, true, because, I, I mean, I feel like there's something so much to be said about, like, having your yourself online on the internet and then also like I just keep prefacing it like age is just a number when it comes to like career and stuff like at this point I I see everyone as equals in that sense I'm like we're all just humans that have been on this earth for different periods of time like it does not matter how old you are but I think when it comes to like the social pressures of everything and whatever like I think that's where age kind of starts to come in and I just cannot fathom how you've literally been able to just like mature, like, and do it. Like, I'm so proud of you. Like, it just makes me so happy to see because like, it just, I mean, it's so inspiring. I, I think a lot of kids get so lost already at this age being just like, where do I go from here? You know, I have to pick my career in like three more years. And it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. I think that once you, I think YouTube also showed me that perspective of like being able to see different lifestyles and what success means to you. And like, you touched on that a little bit, but like success is so, it's i mean it's so versatile like there's so many things that can go into it but it's how you choose to perceive it and what you believe your ideal version of success is and when it comes to that it's like is it the money is is it the degree that you want is it the the accolades of being able to say that you went to Harvard Yale whatever or is that just someone else's dream that you're following, you know, and like that, I feel like that is where you have to sit down with self and be like, what does success look like to me? And like, when I started thinking about it in my own personal career path, I was like, is success going to a college and getting a BFA in acting? And to me, that wasn't worth it for me. For other people, it is. And that's completely fine. But like, I think there's something to be said about literally sitting down and being like, what does success mean to you? So do you feel like you've had that that moment where you were like, okay, it's not about the money anymore. Oh, okay. It's not about the The title anymore like you know
0: yeah for sure I would say seeing like my parents perspective on success versus mine has been really evident Mm -hmm. for instance even if I was making a ton of money on YouTube like when I'm older Mm -hmm. I think my mom would still want me to pursue a traditional job after being in college because in their culture I think going through the standard like education world is is very highly respected so in that case, their metric for success is not really revenue. Mm-hmm. I would say my metrics for success are impact and money. Like, mm-hmm. I would say money is important to me. That's that's a metric that I'm doing well. And I think entrepreneurship is the best way that you can make an impact and get money. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, because I think that the accolades of proving to people, oh, I worked hard, I got into this college, that's not as important to no. me as money is. Um, and obviously, All right. like, I want to get my money ethically like mm-hmm. I like so I'm not just saying that revenue is the only important thing because like I personally would not start an OnlyFans page posting like um, explicit content that's mm-hmm. something I personally wouldn't do so let's say I do that and I make the same amount that a doctor would like I probably wouldn't go that route either so I think ethics is important but I think it's it's very um it's very doable in the social media age to have Mm -hmm. your ethics but I will say it's incredibly hard to be truly authentic to yourself online like I have been having that psychological issue of like picking up a camera and being like oh like maybe I shouldn't say that Mm -hmm. yeah like I've been watching a lot of like the male side of youtube and i see how these male
1: oh yeah you're male, doing like, a video on it soon are can, you not uh, yeah yeah
0: yeah these male creators can be so and blunt and however and they yep. call people snowflakes yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and i'm like my audience i feel like my audience wouldn't receive mm-hmm. this well um and i kind of know like how i should market to my audience like i'll purposely write stuff in lowercase letters because <laughs> i feel like that's no that's what it's the true. teenage demographic you're so right to well like it, like if i texted everyone or like if my stories I was using capital letters, I feel like I would look Mm -hmm. chewy or something. And I'm very aware of that, but I'm like, I've recently been thinking, is that authentic Mm -hmm. to me? Like I'm texting to my friends in lowercase letters, but does that reflect who I am as a person?
1: True. No, that is that's a big one because it's like you especially when you're a creator, you're constantly battling yourself wondering like, is this actually me or is this the version of me that I'm presenting to others because that's how they need to view me so that I'm successful and like, whatever. And like, you just always like constantly trying to figure out like, who am I? You know, like whenever I pick up a camera and I'm like, would I do this? Or is this just like something that I'm doing because I feel like I have to, or because I know my audience is going to respond well to this. And like, um, even I, I think you've, I maybe have figured out this balance of like, oh, when I'm picking up the camera and like sharing my failure stories, like, for example, it's like you are also taking this in like for yourself. Like, it's not just to be like, oh, well, guys, I'm crying. And like, I'm trying to be relatable to you guys. But also it is that it's like you want to appeal relatable to people. But it's like, I think I I struggle with this too, with just being like, who am I? Do I do this stuff? Because I'm like, I feel like this is what I have to do. Like this is in or is this me, you know, and I feel like, especially in the age of like being, I mean, we're still basically teenagers. I'm turning 20 in a month, which is crazy. Oh, not a month. Oh my God, it's March. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, in a couple of weeks, <laughs> I'm turning 20. But like, I feel like as a teen, this is, these are such like, you know, revolutionary years for us. Like, you know, like you're, you're trying to build yourself offline as well as now online. And so many people, even with like the introduction of TikTok, it's like teens, like normal teens. And I say normal teens in quotation marks because I feel like, now TikTok is just a normal it's like a normal social media platform to be posting on it's not like oh you're choosing to be a YouTuber people are just on TikTok you know what I'm saying so I feel like now trying like so many normal quote-unquote people who are just going on TikTok to start posting videos it's like you have to figure out what version of yourself you're presenting to like online and then the person that you're actually in person with with your friends but then you are also different people with everyone that you encounter so it's like which one is the one that's true to me like have you had that like existential crisis like who am i girl yeah
0: i think a lot of youtubers almost put themselves in pain by expecting their channel to be an accurate representation of who they are i no longer really carry that pressure like i of course don't like talking to the camera and feeling like uncomfortable but i would say like i would disagree that my channel is a accurate representation Mm -hmm. of who i am because like i am marketing myself as this attractive Mm -hmm. character Um, and, like, I am authentic to what message that I want to, want to send out to people. Um, but I would say that being authentic is super important, but sometimes, like, if you do view it more as a business and, like, how you want to impact people, Mm -hmm. like, removing the pressure of it being your authentic diary is, has just brought me a lot Mm -hmm. of peace of, like, it's totally okay if the thoughts going on in my mind, like, I'm not directly portraying that. That's interesting. And sometimes, mm-hmm. like, it does feel a little bit lonely. Sometimes, definitely having that mindset. But I trust that when I'm older, I think that when I'm older, I will be in a safer space to be just like completely authentically mm-hmm. myself. Um, and I don't really view that as negatively because my audience right now is um, teenage girls mm-hmm. in high school, and I genuinely think I can impact them and if i go blabbing on my mouth about like specific self development mm-hmm. stuff that might not be relatable to high schoolers like i won't even help mm-hmm. them and like the i won't be providing a value to them that like would actually
1: help them in their lives mhm yeah i feel like you're very aligned with what you were talking about earlier like you you care about impact so for you presenting the version of yourself that you feel like will impact teenage girls aka your audience the most like that feels true to you now that you've already built this platform it's like you know that you kind of feel this innate responsibility to like be this role model so you will talk about the things that will cater to this audience whether if it's something that you're personally struggling with even though you know or like or if it's something that you're talking about even though you're like well i'm kind of going through this too but i like I know that this is going to impact my audience in this way, so I'm gonna do it, which I I think is inspiring. Like, I think YouTube, I think for people forget, like, especially because I'm in the acting side, like acting, you're fully becoming a character. Whereas YouTube, it's this fine line between is this a character that I'm presenting, even though it's like a realistic person, or is this like, you know, or is this me? And even when people meet like YouTubers in person, it's like you expect them to be like, this best friend, you know? And it's like this character that you feel like you can uh, relate to so much, not realizing that they're an actual like person. Like celebrities, I feel like, have this mysterious aura around them. You don't really know much about their lives and what they eat in a day and shit like that. But like, as far as like YouTubers, you truly feel like you know them. When you present like that kind of authentic, like this is who I am type thing, it's not a character anymore. So it's like, you feel this responsibility to like, be your most ideal version of yourself, because it is best friend, but it's like older sister vibes. And like, I don't know, I just don't know how I feel about that. Because I feel like there's there's a there, I feel like there's a safety aspect, but also like a mental, like, I need to take care of my mental aspect of keeping some parts of yourself to yourself. Like, do you feel like you're able to do that? Like on the internet these days, especially like with you trying to impact teenage girls, but like, feeling like you have to t- like touch on all these topics, also keep it to yourself. Like you have to live your own teenage girl life too, you know? Like, how do you feel about that?
0: Right. Yeah, I think that like what I talk about on my channel is a lot general self-development and then um, school and studying. And then sometimes I still touch on social life. But I also have a lot of interest in business. And I feel like having friends that also run businesses, having mentors and just talking to them like on an interpersonal level, has been super helpful because it can kind of have an outlet for that and there's a really good quote it's like what you love to do is your passion but what other people love about you is your purpose so there's stuff that I love right now and like talking about it might not serve me super well I also on my vlog channel sometimes just post random videos that uh, are completely unfiltered and I'll just start talking and i feel like that is really helpful for me to just have an outlet to talk about something but it doesn't really affect my like main brand unless i say something that's going to mm. get me canceled <laughs> um, but i usually i usually don't but yeah i think like that that topic is, su- is super hard of like the whole like oh i don't want to be canceled but i definitely say like as a teenager it's really hard to not feel lonely when you have grown up so fast yeah like, I am really grateful that I have grown up fast, and I, I, I refuse to be in the mindset of, like, I mm-hmm. grew up too fast, and, like, now I'm, yeah. wrecked, you know, like, child <laughs> star vibes, because I think that, I think it's a gift that definitely comes with, comes with its yeah, downsides, but I've recently just been realizing, like, this is my freaking competitive mm-hmm. advantage. My year, like, 15 years old, I'm it would be fine if I just turned mm-hmm. 16 right now and I would say oh my nine months of being 15 were super effective because I feel like I've been 15 for like four. <laughs> so years. do I I feel like you've been 15 mm-hmm. I mean, for like yeah. four years <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like I've just mm-hmm. learned so much this year and like listening to your podcast about being like oh my gosh I'm 20 yeah. like people no longer feel like that's mm-hmm. really young like I have that same mindset of like it's weird because part of me wants to grow oh my up faster gosh. so that I can yes. get my license, you know, do all that stuff so I can go on flights on my own. Like, oh, content would be so much better if I could just drive, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, I'm like, I get opportunities. Because you are young, like yeah. Like some, mm-hmm. yeah, some opportunities are hidden away from me because I'm young but also a lot of like professionals are willing to give me the time of day just because they mm-hmm. see a 15 year old. So I'm like let me just try to like <laughs> I want my age to be directly linear to my achievements so that every single time someone sees my age they're like oh she's achieved mm-hmm. a lot. And I'm saying that authentically of like I know not everything's about achievement but that is one of my main goals like mm-hmm. right now in life is is my work and mm-hmm. purpose. Like I've recently been reflecting on that, and I just do not see myself dating at we all. We talked about
1: this all, at least for all the there. next like three mm-hmm.
0: years, yeah. So it's like, what else, you know, do yeah. I have? Um, and I want to like this is just like a whole another dimension of conversation, but something I've been thinking about lately. It's like I want to have a high value yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> come on, like we, that yes. high value yeah. man, you know, that like makes more mm. money than me, and. I like I think that I'm beautiful but I would say like I don't think my competitive advantage is my looks so if I want to be um with those type of men like I feel like I need to be in the same room as Mm -hmm. them and I feel like the main way to get there is through
1: success that's and that's, that's not my main crazy motive for think... achieving success. Andy, crazy that you think – I wish <laughs> – Okay, we talked about this off air, like, a couple months ago, so we haven't, like, updated each other. But, like, I feel like we were so <laughs> talking about this where – I mean, like, yeah, like, Annie, you're a fucking successful-ass woman. Like, you are a full woman, like, making your own Thank money, you. doing your shit. Like, you deserve to have exactly what you want. Like, that adds value to your life. Like, I don't think that you should be settling for a literal – 15 year old boy I can't I can't even say it like I'm like oh a child because like to me like you've already passed this point of like oh like let me just date for fun like while I'm in high school like I I don't think that that's your like you know your purpose now like you have so many other things that you're focusing on and like not that that's wrong for anyone else that's in this age demographic because I know you're 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 People that watch your videos are around your age demographic, so it's like, yes, they're probably focusing on their grades and their voice and their schoolwork and all the stuff that they're doing because, like, that's relative to them. So I do want to preface, like, on this podcast, yes, Annie is younger, but that doesn't mean that that should either hinder you or, like, you know, stop you from doing something that like you want to do because you feel like you're too old or you're too young. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think that like this is relative to like any story and. Even for me, I I feel like I had a pretty similar story in a sense, like we just grew up really fast, but that's not the same thing for everyone. This is just like your story. So I do want to preface that, but yeah, but as far as like success and like coming to like dating and like all these things, it's like, you already kind of know what you want from that. And that's perfectly okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to feel like you just have to waste your time and settle for whatever you feel like is less. Cause there, that doesn't make any sense. Like in my opinion,
0: (laughs) Right. And I really like respect that you're like that you made that preface because something that I've been realizing lately is that people are just different. Not everyone has the same motives and goals in life. And I've definitely gotten more advice like to be more balanced. And every single time I've done that, I feel like it's been going against my nature and honestly, like what I want for my life because I am really inspired by people who aren't the most balanced people. And as I mentioned earlier, like I do talk about that relationship between your age and success and how I'm kind of like watching the time on that and that can be very well perceived as toxic productivity but I've recently been saying this I'm the queen of toxic productivity (laughs) like and it's not a prescription for everyone totally isn't so if you're older like I could understand if an older person would be envious of me because Mm -hmm. um like I could totally like understand like Oh like this person is younger than me Like I need to step up my game But like you don't have to have the same goals Mm -hmm. Of like viewing your time As like a timetable and stuff um like it brings some people joy but others not yeah that's totally fine yeah
1: I'm so glad you said that too because I think when yeah we were talking about like age and all that stuff because you yeah you heard in my last podcast I was talking about well in Hollywood it's so much easier to be like oh my gosh I'm 17 I mean there's also so many other like dark things in Hollywood where it's like it's great if you're underage but (laughs) yeah but we're not talking about that but I'm talking about (laughs) as far as like when I moved to New York like I graduated a year early from high school and I moved to New York and it's like oh my gosh you're 17 you moved here alone like that just feels so good. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like now that I'm getting older, I'm like, Ooh, the shiny, like the shininess is gone. Like you're 20, like you're 20, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that, that TikTok. Um, yeah. And I just feel like, uh, and even, you know, there's so many age stigmas for so many things, like as far as even like, um, like Forbes 30 under 30 and like all that stuff. And I feel like everyone, right. especially women in whatever industry you're in, honestly, women always feel pressure to like achieve so much. Otherwise they're like too old. Like they've already like reached this, whatever, you know, I feel like men is so different. It's like, men, you're getting wiser and you're, you know, you're able to afford things now and you're able to like settle down and like have this lifestyle. But like for women, it's like, you're no longer attractive. Like you're not, you know, right. and, I, and it sucks because I'm like, you even see it with beauty standards these days. And it's like, um, I'm working for um, one of my friends for a a fashion company. I'm her social media assistant for a fashion company right now. And I'm, you know, they, the demographic for this fashion company is older women. So kind of like 35 and like up. So not even older women, like 35 isn't old, like 50 is not even old. You know what I'm saying? But it's like when they were doing like models and whatever, like um, she had asked her mom, she was like, Hey, like, what do you feel like? like, you know, just for her own, like, study so that we can do better, like, for the social media. She's like, what do you like to see on your social media? And she's like, younger women. Like, I like to see people that, like I, expire, uh, like, I aspire to be, which is, like, younger women. And I'm like, that is crazy because you you rarely see older women models, you know, like, anymore. Like, that's not really a thing. Or it, like, stops at a certain point, you know? And I feel like there are some companies now that are, like, you know, preventing this, like, idea of ageism because it's, like, you we're we're always told to like look younger like have this eye cream so that you look younger and like wrinkles and fine lines and i'm like girl like we all have to age like why do men not have to have this issue but like we're constantly trying to battle this idea of like aging backwards and then also like but like aging forward in our career so that it like looks good, you know, and it sucks. I'm like, I'm 20. What am I doing feeling like I'm on a ticking time bomb? Like for, for being this successful being like, it's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like you might already feel that being 15. Like you're like, well, I'm already like not doing what I need to be doing. Like, and it's just this like, (laughs) Oh, it's, it sucks. I hate it. Like what, what do you feel on all that? I feel like probably the same thing.
0: Yeah, I, I do feel the pressure. When I go to the orthodontist office, they show me, like, I'm 15 years old, nine months in this amount of days. I'm weak. I'm like, okay, only three more months to have this badge of being, like, this young, you know? Yeah. But you're totally right on society's stigmas. I've been reading this book called Hard Times Create Strong Men, and it says that women are most valued in the sexual marketplace at 20 years old because of there are values. There are values, their are values are reproductive value. But men aren't rated on the same scale. They're rated on a K value, like their carrying capacity. Mm. So carrying capacity is their ability to provide resources for a family.
1: Whoa. So that's, that's why like men
0: tend to they tend to leave their woman sometimes uh-huh. after because like they want to start a new family or there's always another woman that has higher like reproductive mm-hmm. capacity. It's why like people aren't even super attracted to like the twenty two year old mm-hmm. guy that has a crap yep. job but goes yep. to the gym. Like his R value might be high, but his carrying capacity is low. Mm. Um, so that's just like really interesting. I've that's an area that I've been looking into recently that's that nice I haven't before, is like people's value on the sexual marketplace. Yeah. no,
1: and that's so it's true. It's just
0: like it's so um, it's so real that it's sad. Um, but I'm definitely, it's definitely, like, opening my eyes and almost, like, helping me not get distracted mm-hmm. by boys in high school. Because uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, girl, stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I think, like, uh, it just, that also just stems from, like, our scientific, like, backgrounds and, like, growing up as, like, apes and whatever. I mean, we're the same things. We've just evolved, like, literally a little bit, <laughs> like, you know, as humans.
0: Yeah, it talks about the problem with modern men these days. And, like, it talks about the cycles of history. So, the saying is, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. So, it talks about, like, after World War II, America had, like, a really good time. You are right. And then... True. Like, we're now we're mm-hmm. kind of entering, like, the weak men creates bad times, or, like, h- tough times, hard times. Mm-hmm. Um, and the premise is like men want to get start getting strong now to prepare for the hard time like the Ukrainian president right. would be perceived as like a quality man that is right now in a hard time so it talks about the issue with modern men and how they can succeed in their work relationships and it also talks um about like why why it's kind of hard for men and women now to have like that duality in relationship because mm. it used to be more equally beneficial on both sides for a men for a man and a woman to marry mm-hmm. because the man wanted to have a family, right. but he needed someone to take, take care, care of the children. Yep. But then the woman went, wanted to take care of the children, but needed someone to provide. Mm. So then they would get married at an earlier age. And at an earlier age to where, like, women didn't feel like their reproductive um, value was going down. And now it's kind of different because no one really needs each other. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more of like, oh, I just want want them. Right. So then it's just, like, the attraction between both sexes Mm -hmm. is just not as existence. And this polarity, it also says, um, is also evident in um, same-sex relationships. Mm -hmm. Like, when that polarity is missing, things also don't work out. Mm. So it's, like, it doesn't have to be a straight relationship. so interesting. Um, So sometimes you do get concerned about that because I definitely think that I do have Um, somewhat of a masculine energy and I feel like right now it's beneficial to me. Like, I don't know if I'm going to dial back on it later because as I said earlier, like, I don't think that my attractiveness is going to be what gets me like a quality man. And I feel like if I don't have like a masculine edge of wanting to succeed, um, the men that I'll be surrounded with will be like lower value. Mm. Yeah. So I'm like I I I don't know, like that's competitive.
1: (laughs) This book okay, very curious. What made you pick up this book? Did you just like hear something about it? Yeah.
0: So my men's self-improvement video, I'm following (laughs) like Hansa's advice um on YouTube. Uh This is a book that he's like really recommending. Okay. So as part of like the regimen, like I'm indoctrinating myself with the men's self-improvement. I was
1: just about to ask, is this a book written by a man for men? Yes. Oh, okay. I, like, okay, I wanted yeah. to make sure. Okay, that makes so much so sense. So it's like yeah. helping me,
0: helping indoctrinate me with the ideas and see how, like, it affects my life. Wow. Because yeah. I think a big part of self-help is, yeah. you know, the indoctrination. Like, there are <laughs> many different fields of self-help. Like, I would say the most popular genre for, for females is, like, the that girl. Mm-hmm. You know, that girl right is now its own self-development yeah. fields. And I haven't, like, looked into that too much, but... There's also, like, general Mm self-development that I feel like is your classic, like, Tony Robbins, mm -hmm. Jordan Peterson type motivational videos. But then there's, like, men's self-improvement. I'm sure there's other niches as well. And I was like, I just want to explore Oh, for sure.
1: There's, like, women's self-development, too, as far as, like, even, Mm -hmm. like, learning about your fertility cycles and, you know, and, like, how women work hormonal. Like, Like, Renee Brown. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so many different categories for sure. So excited to see that video. Do you know when it's coming out?
0: so I'm filming it for 14 days Mm -hmm. so I assume in like the the next 21 days like I'm a little nervous about posting it definitely because the content that is part of men's Mm self-improvement is very controversial it is like the book hard times create strong men is very controversial and like in my video I didn't actually say anything about like my specific beliefs but I feel like even from reading the book I probably will get attacked Mm -hmm. but it's like Why would we attack people for reading different types of literature and like opening our mind to something new?
1: Did you do this because you felt like you wanted to show your teenage girl audience like what it's like? Or did you do it because you were like, Annie feels like I need to do this?
0: It's a little bit of both. I think I felt like I needed to take a little bit of risk with my content. And also, I wanted to show my audience that outside of their specific social media algorithm, like, there's another one. Right, like, yeah. Like, there is a, there's a different sphere. There's so sphere, many. And I almost want them to view the men in their life a little differently. Mm. Honestly, like, being indoctrinated already by some men self-improvement, yeah. I've definitely just been viewing, like, guys differently. And, like, I think it's healthy for the most part, but it's also, like, it's a hard topic to grapple with, like, once you start getting into it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because sometimes I'm like, like, I would be a better man than this person. <laughs> I'm like, oh
1: my goodness. No, like, that's real shit without even reading like, self oh,
0: development. Like, it just makes me really concerned. Because yeah. I'm just like... Like, if I was a man, like, I would genuinely be competitive. um, Like, and that just kind of concerns me sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're willing to have a bit of an identity crisis like I would say for anyone that's currently struggling with an identity crisis please do not read any books on masculinity femininity and the Mm -hmm. polarity don't read (laughs) anything about that because it'll make you question things Mm -hmm. like sometimes I'm like so if I am getting more masculine like a masculine man doesn't want to marry like the exact same Mm -hmm. person so I'm like when when is that switch Mm -hmm. gonna be turned off like when will I tap into the feminine yeah
1: there was Uh, one tiktok that like i know you probably saw it too it was like a while ago but that was the first time that like i kind of questioned you know the kind of men that i'm attracted to as well and i was like what why do girls kind of go for the quote-unquote bad boys and like all that stuff and she was like i don't think it's bad boys it's just that we have so much masculine energy sometimes as females and especially now like even with us having our own businesses and going after this and going after that and it's like we have a lot of masculine masculine energy like pent up so it's like when we view someone as quote-unquote a good guy it's just it's not the energy that we want to like balance our feminine and masculine energy so I need someone to be just as masculine or even more just so that that can balance and bring out the feminine energy and I was like that's a really good way of putting it because it's true I can't have someone that I'm trying to like mommy I can't do that because like I I already mommy my business like I mommy my shit like I can't I can't be mommying you so like you know so when it comes to like men it's like I'm not trying to look for a bad boy but that's always the energy that like comes when you're trying to find that so it's like how can I find qualities of a guy that's not like bad boy but just like more masculine energy like honed into like who they are like blah 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 blah. but also like not afraid to be feminine in their own ways you know what I'm saying so I think that there's there's this balance. And I feel like that is a really big part of society and kind of how we've evolved as a human race. Like seriously, it's a, it's a really big deal. Like, honestly, I really want to tap more into the whole, yeah, masculine, feminine, feminine energy and seeing like what books to read. I also read Sapiens. I think I talked to you a long time ago about Sapiens oh, and yeah. like, oh, that shit is so good. It's such a good book. Um, But yeah, even it talks about that and like how we've evolved as humans and how things have come to be. And it just really shows you like oh we 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 managed to do that like how come our human race was able to really take over you know and like stay and last and basically knock out so many you know uh what's it called species in the animal kingdom like we were able to do so much destruction for better or for worse you know and like how and i think a lot of that does come down to like you know the dna and the scientific standpoint of whatever like how we we've evolved but like also yeah, like we're here, like we're doing it. Like how? And like, I I really like that book for like tapping into that, but that's a whole different topic conversation. But yeah, Yeah. but I really liked that. That was, that was good. I was not expecting to talk about that today. That was good. (laughs) Everyone loves answering this question, but I feel like for you, like, I I really want you to answer this question because I feel like people are always like, I don't have enough, you know, 24 hours in a day, blah, blah, blah. I also know that you are a driven person. So it completely depends, like, you know, person to person, but people are very curious as to like what your work week in a life looks like. And because you are like in school still, like, how do you balance you, your your schoolwork, your business? What does a typical work week in your life look like as Miss Annie Long? Yeah, so I'll pull
0: up my Google calendar. And before I go over what this week looked like, I would just preface it by like, I know this answer always sounds like gross and like it's not the cutest thing to market but i think it does come down to discipline at the end of the day because if you look at the most productive people the most successful people they do not have the same productivity system like at all like jeff bezos works very differently than elon musk so it's not specifically necessarily about the tactics you use but your character and ability to delay gratification and discipline and like i i don't market this on my channel often because like it, it just sounds bad. It's a hard like, thing to say. No, girl, it's like yeah, it's your fault.
1: <laughs> No, but I yeah, feel like that. Oh, yeah. No, I've been struggling with that as of recently, seriously, because it's like I don't know. Have you ever had this like uh, this balance of being like, uh, like I'm afraid for it to be too good. Like you feel like you're scared for it to be too good, so you don't like pursue it type thing. Because I feel that with my career. Like I feel like. like I I think when I was in high school for example I was so quote unquote disciplined because I knew I had to be and there's you know there's perks and downfalls when it comes to being your own entrepreneur and whatever but like for me I work you know for myself as far as social media but also like with acting stuff because like you're pursuing that as well and it's like these are all things that you have to do on your own time and then you also have to like cater a schedule around that versus when I was in high school I was being told where to be at when because I was in x show or I was in you know this whatever this club whatever like I was doing so many things and I feel like that's when I felt like my most best self I feel like it was a little bit quote-unquote toxic product productivity but it like worked for me and now being out of high school and not being in college and having that school structure I find myself like getting scared to have it be that quote unquote good again because I'm like what if it doesn't satisfy like what it used to Mm. you know and I'm like what if like I'm scared to be great and I have that dilemma all the time so my schedule is just a mess and I feel like I'm just not disciplined anymore and I'm like I don't know how to how to get back into the swing of that and I'm like I see you and I come on google calendar like all this stuff and I'm like oh my gosh I'm like I don't even know how to like do that anymore Mm. I would say that that's definitely
0: difficult, like, school does help me to a certain extent with structure, because whenever I have a break, I usually, like, these past three breaks time I've been traveling, so it's just, like, work breaks, and I probably work maximum four hours per day, Mm -hmm. and I was like, how is it that I go to school for eight hours, but I only work for four hours, and in general, I can only see myself working on my personal brand probably four hours per day, because I think if it's deep work, it's going to be super effective, because most people that do work nine to five jobs, like, they're probably only doing two to three hours of right. meaningful and that's work. That's what
1: I'm saying. Oh my gosh. No, that is so true. I see that all the time. And this is a completely different topic, but I just want to touch on it for a second because like, I see it now working freelance, especially for like social media. And I'm like, I know some people who work corporate in social media and they're really doing literally like an hour to two hours <laughs> of work per day, but getting paid for an eight hour day. And I'm like, for what? Like, I'm genuinely confused. Like, we don't need all that time to do nothing. What is that? You probably know the name of it. The, the time that it takes to fill up something, a deadline. What is that? uh, Parkinson's? Um, yeah. Really? Oh my God. I just pulled that out of my ass. I literally completely just like, I I was like, is that what it is. Yeah. It's like, where, what is it again? Um, the amount of time that it, like, that someone gives you is the amount of time that it's going to take, so, like, aka, if they give you a week to write an essay, you're going to take the full week, versus if they said, this essay's due in two hours, you would find a way to do it, and it would probably be the same amount of the, you know, it would be the exact same quality of what, you know, for the most part, of like, what you would have done in a week, so, yeah, but anyway, go back to your schedule and, like, all of that stuff. Right, yeah,
0: no, totally, The, the Parkinson's law is so real, and just, like, with discipline, I'm definitely, like, um, like recently, what I've been learning is like my friends that do struggle like with focus and discipline. It's like n- no one can help them. Like no one can help them. And I'm not saying like it's hopeless or anything, but it's just like it's much easier to be helped once you have the baseline discipline. Yep. And like you can follow any any single thing, but in terms of my scheduling, my like principles for the day. Um, Once I get home after school is really when I start working like my morning routine is just for getting ready for the day and typically I'll do like a little bit of work before school because I cut out my eating time for breakfast because I actually drink liquid meals for (laughs) breakfast now hello yeah so like like yeah baby food literally (laughs) and yeah it's super toxic productivity but gives me literally 30 more minutes because I don't have to prepare my school lunch either because I drink liquid Mm -hmm. meals for school (laughs) so that's been super helpful honestly like it's it's so nice like I just I don't feel rushed anymore in my morning routine because I'm not like cooking up all these things um And then after school, I typically go to the gym after school because it gives me actually some more energy and it almost makes me feel like I've reset my day because just coming home after school, it's really hard to like enter into like a new work day because then I'm like, okay, the YouTube hat is on now. And then I'll work on my social media stuff. And I used to do homework before doing social media stuff, but that really didn't work for me because... I found that it's much easier for me to meet deadlines for school than on social media. So I am actually okay procrastinating school assignments because I trust myself enough to know I'll get it done eventually. If I procrastinate something for social media that's not directly for a brand deal, it'll likely never get done. So I like to do my homework after I do social media stuff. And also, I like to do social media stuff when I have the most peak energy. Yeah, and I think just having the confidence in yourself, like, I think for some people, it could be toxic to, to purposely, like, procrastinate homework, um, <laughs> because, like, maybe you won't actually get to the homework. Right. But I think that, like, at least the culture at my school, like, people just, in my classes, they never fail to turn in their homework. So I just yeah. really trust myself on that front. And in my calendar, I try to have some, like, small Do you still time block? Yeah. So I actually like I felt I stopped time blocking for a few months because I felt like I didn't really need it. Mm-hmm. But then I actually felt like my discipline was waning because just after school, like I I would read for like two hours because I wanted to invest in some into some more self care. But I found that it wasn't self care, but it was just really me delaying mm-hmm. like what I'd have to do later. Um, Because it was a lot easier to be in this fantasy, like, romance world (laughs) than get to work. So I stopped doing that. And just time blocking has really helped me these past few weeks Mm -hmm. because it's just giving me confidence that stuff will get done do you but do you feel pressured
1: though to like make sure that you're on it by the minute because for me my perfectionistic ass like I would literally like Mm. set it for like an hour and I'm like oh like eat for 30 minutes or whatever and I'm like I can't do that like I want to I do really want to try it for a week and I've been procrastinating even like trying to do that for a week so I'm like how do I start that like do you really plan it down to the hour or is it like is it just, like, what works for you and you give yourself you give yourself some, like, leeway time in between things? Mm.
0: So, I always give myself a little bit more time than I think I'll need. Mm-hmm. I know, like, Thomas Frank on YouTube says he gives himself, like, 50% more time mm. than he'll need. Also, I have a calendar event called Meetings that is, like, red and everything else is, like, a light color. Mm-hmm. So um i i do like think that showing up to events on time for yourself mm-hmm. is really important and having that commitment but to be honest when every single thing in your calendar is like a bright color like that's when i start to feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. so the way i view time blocking is it's just like a this would be nice this would be nice like a guy like okay yeah yeah mm-hmm. but i don't really expect it to go exactly like that but then i have my meetings where other people are depending me on and you have to be there um, yeah yeah, that and that is like yeah. red. And I try to limit that because when I have a lot of red, then it gets stressful mm-hmm. because I have less like emotional leeway. Like it's really hard when you have meetings with people to have like a mental breakdown the next day and you like you know you have to recover. Like let's say you had a mental breakdown mm-hmm. the night before right. in your like, podcast, to, and like you're yeah. expecting like, Oh, I have to like I have to smile like with Annie, you know, I have mm-hmm. to have this like rapport, yeah. like that's a that's a lot so the times where I've had like meetings every single day like I just don't have the time and
1: leeway to like be
0: sad Mm.
1: yeah no that's so true and I think I honestly that is a good tip having your meetings and things that you know that you have to do in red and then like having everything else just kind of cater to that because it's like you know that you can handle whatever you can handle that's like everything that deals with you but if it deals with other people and like oh group project or whatever like you have to be there to like do something um so yeah I kind of like that because it can get cluttered and overwhelming and that's that's honestly why I didn't start it because I'm like am I supposed to block mm. out my eating like 30 minutes for eating what if I spend 33 minutes eating like I'm not gonna like I'm gonna mm. hate myself if I do that whatever um but yeah I do want to try it for a week so I think you're, you're you've inspired me to actually do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love that yeah (laughs) yeah and you definitely don't have to time block every day like i usually barely time block sunday
1: but i feel like i just need that structure even for myself because i'm like tasks that like i know would take me 30 minutes end up taking two hours three hours because i'm just like oh like let me get on my phone and that's the thing like i'm not distracted if i know that i have to do something so that always comes down to like last minute stuff but like i'm like i could easily have gotten that done like a couple days ago for like a 30 minute slot if i just like did it you know and if i put that down Hmm. but sometimes that doesn't happen but i also feel like it's funny like Like, last year, since I moved to LA, I didn't really get, like, a job job. Like, I was always just kind of doing things that, like, you know, made me money and whatever. And it was fine. But, like, I think ever since I started babysitting, that structured like, even though it's random because I don't sit for the same family every day, like, it's random hours. But whenever I have those days where I know I'm babysitting for a certain amount of hours, I am so much more productive because I know I have to be somewhere at a specific time, a.k.a. that depends on other people, whatever, or, like, other people are dependent on me, And then I know how to work everything around that. So it's funny because a day that like, I would have a complete free day to do whatever I want and whatever, I get nothing done. And then, you know, a day where I have, to work or do something like i get everything done right exactly but so i think i'm gonna try it that that sounds like a good thing to try maybe for a youtube video and then i will tag yeah, in in it you for should. sure Let i will know how it goes. <laughs> i shall i shall um and then the last <laughs> thing i have to ask you is what is your top adulting tip for the podcast at your ripe age of 15 miss adulting on her way she's already adulted she's an adult guys um do you have one did you think about one Yes, I, I do think that
0: I have one. And it's kind of a reiteration of something I said before, but mm-hmm. it is to delay gratification. Mm. I know so many adults that still act like kids when it comes to their oh, yeah. discipline. Um, like just getting away from a lifestyle that's a lot like very based around pleasure. Yeah. Like I know a lot of adults that genuinely don't like their jobs. So then when they hang out with their friends on the weekends, like mm-hmm. they stay till like three AM yeah. and then it just like it affects them later in the long term. So I feel like when you when you like what you do, you don't really feel the need for right. a vacation to like uh-huh. go crazy for a weekend. So I'd say like it's to really be content where you are and to lower expectations honestly for how exciting every day should feel. Mm. I feel like desire really is pain. Like, the last mental breakdown I had was because I really wanted to travel to L.A. But, like, I had the financial means to, but my, my mom was like, you can't go on your own. And, like, people are just really hard to coordinate travel. And I realized I was getting so excited about kind of just escaping where I currently am. So then I just wrote down 20 things I love about my hometown. And I honestly have not felt, like, the desire to, like, travel in the last like 14 days like I'll be down for a trip if it's working out but I am less like aggressive about like oh this trip has to work out because I'm like if I love my work like why would I want to escape like why would I want you know to do that
1: yeah have you read any books that that deal with delaying gratification and how one can start doing that because I feel like that is a big problem like for so many people that's definitely a problem for me because I feel like it's it's something that I try to consciously do but I feel like unless you start like actually training it and figuring out how to like make it work for you like you don't actually know what to control and where to start like do you have any tips for, for sure that? yeah
0: yeah. the book the almanac of Naval Ravikant is a really good book mm. it's is like a collection of all of his like tweets and knowledge Mm -hmm. he's in like an angel investor super successful guy and he talks like the first part of the book he's talking about how to accumulate wealth and then the second is how to how to achieve happiness like without letting your your, like wealth destroy you Mm -hmm. in the process and he says that um like desire is, like, us signing contracts with ourselves. Like, I won't be happy until I get X. X, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I won't be happy until I get that. And he said that's totally fine. Like, desire is not the enemy. But when we have too many desires, like, we will be miserable. So I've consciously chose which contracts I agree to sign. Mm. So, like, I want to launch a time management course. So a contract that I'm signing with myself is I won't be, I guess, I'll use the word happy. I won't be I won't be happy until there's this result in revenue or like this result in impact. But because I already have that desire, like why would I also hold on to the desire of traveling? Mm-hmm. Especially when it's something I can't control if I have like parental guidance. So, I would definitely say like focusing on the desires that you are okay with signing a contract about ew
1: come on annie with the knowledge (laughs) holy shit yeah no that's that's great i love that have you done a video on that or am i like making that up
0: i feel like maybe no i i might have mentioned it before
1: yeah because i i feel like i've heard you know a lot of self-help people on youtube talk about even like the pressures of instant gratification and what that can do to you because it's like it starts to train your brain that you're not satisfied unless yeah unless you receive something that you've already put on a pedestal so it's like I guess it's a combination of also just being grateful for whatever you have like what you were talking about like hometown writing 20 things that I like about my hometown whatever and then you just don't feel this like need to like escape from this reality that you thought you know that one you put on a pedestal and then the other one you're like ah this kind of sucks um yeah I, I I like that that that's really cool dude thanks so much for coming on this is so good <laughs> thank you for having me so i really glad. enjoyed
0: just having the conversation i know
1: oh we could yeah, talk forever i
0: definitely like said more controversial things than i thought i would say but i'm here like for it's it it's always good to take those risks mm-hmm. and um speak out on what you're currently like discovering what you're mm-hmm. currently processing because i honestly changed my mind i was about to say we're ever on, changing like,
1: beings opinions, yeah mm-hmm. right and, like, yeah, there's something that I probably said in a podcast, like, six months ago that I no longer resonate with. And that's okay. Like, we're we're ever-changing humans. And, you know, you don't have to solidify this idea of everything that you believe in, at like, right now. And, like, you can't change your opinion mm-hmm. until ever, <laughs> you know. But, um, yeah, go ahead and shout out all of your stuff so that people can follow you, listen to you. Yeah, so the platform that I'm most consistent
0: on and you'll hear the most from me on is... Um uh, my YouTube channel, it's just my name, Annie Long. Also my Instagram is Annie Long YT. And if you want to text me, you can text me at yes. 617-404-9641. Every Sunday, I send out a self-development and productivity newsletter.
1: Oh, my God. If I need I to join to it. Why haven't I losses, joined it yet?
0: what I'm learning, <laughs> um, product recommendations. I also share the books that I'm reading that week and what I'm learning from them as well. So if you're a self-help nerd, definitely text me, and you'll get a newsletter sent to you every
1: Sunday. Me? Oh, I don't know why I haven't joined that text message group yet. <laughs> I'm like me, right? <laughs> right now. Yes. Oh, thank you so much again for coming on and I will talk to you guys in next week's episode. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>